0: Jode Salt has just written a book, a business book, that's attracting followers into her sales funnel. And that's, of course, what writing business books is all about. The book is called Woman Up, and this week it's gone to the top of the Amazon charts in 11 categories. That's an amazing achievement in itself, but that's not the whole story. Jode's began as a learning and development consultant, working with brands such as Sky and British Gas – and she still works as an associate trainer on projects she loves. But she now co-owns Ladies Life Lounge. That's the brand she co-owns with, with Roxy. And she's developed a range of revenue streams from masterclasses, from online learning products and retreats with top-paying clients in exotic locations. In today's episode, how Jodes got into training and development, what she learned from working as an associate trainer over the years, how she's growing multiple revenue streams online, how she's using her book to attract high-paying clients. And by the way, the book came out this week. The week of recording right now is the week of the 6th of September 2021. Um, What Jodes is doing to market her brand successfully And how she's developed a revenue stream from a membership subscription model. This is the Training Business Podcast.
1: Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes.
0: Hey, welcome to the show. This is another episode of the Training Business Podcast. This is the weekly show for training and development consultants, coaches, facilitators, people like you and me. If you're working as an associate trainer, if you're working uh, with your own direct clients, If you're working inside corporate, helping people to be the very best that they can be, well, this is the show for you. And every week, it's either a one-to-one episode where it's just you and I, where I'm covering some subject to help you on your training business journey, or we have guests on the show, which is the case today. And I love sharing success stories. And of course, this makes for great listening. So the goal of this show every single week is to help you to Understand what to do to start your own business as a trainer as a consultant you might as I still do work with other training companies As one of their trainers because there are some projects which I would not work with with or on because I'm working By myself, but there are many also many clients. I have that I work with directly so you can take a pick and mix to this. And I think that's exactly what we're taking from today's episode. Jode's is someone who has written a business book. She's using this to attract followers into her sales funnel. Uh, It's doing extremely well right now, but she's also working as an associate trainer. So I want to talk to her today to find out how she got into training and development, how she's growing multiple revenue streams right now, using her book and her courses and membership to attract paying clients. So I think you're going to enjoy this one. Jody, hi. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Mark. Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: It's my pleasure to have you on the show, and the reason I reached out to you this week is because on LinkedIn right now, you have uh, a book launch. It's in progress, and you've written a book. Let's come to that in a moment. I'd like to st- start of all start first of all by helping listeners understand what got you into the business, which we all love, training and development. You, you began as a, a learning and development consultant, working with companies, I think, like British Gas, RSA, Sky, and so on. Let's go right back to the beginning. What was your entry point into the world of training, learning and development, etc.?
1: So I kind of fell into this profession. It wasn't a conscious choice. But, uh, a
0: it never perfect, is, is it?
1: <laughs> no, perfect one nonetheless. It started right back, very young age. I was 18, had a job in a call center um, and was asked to step up and train a new induction group and um, absolutely fell in love with it at that moment. So that was my introduction to the world. And um, yes, just progressed my career from there. Never looked back.
0: At what point did you begin to work with direct clients rather than working in corporate with um, corporate clients?
1: So I left um, corporate life just after my third daughter was born, which was in 2011. I think the kind of stars aligned at that point. Um, Having three young children was obviously going to be a challenge with a full-time job. And um, I'd always wanted to be be self-employed. And at that time, a bit of a restructure was happening in the organisation that I was in. So I got the opportunity to take voluntary redundancy and go after the big dream of, of working for myself and having my own clients.
0: And were there struggles? Because I think most people recognize this when you leave the corporate world and you start off on your own. What a lot of trainers do is they work as associates with uh, other training companies and then kind of um, earn their chops or their stars, get experience and then get direct clients. Um, and some people find it's it's really tough to do that. Some people go directly to direct client work and some people thrive, others don't. So what was that like for you, the making that jump from a secure job in learning and development into working for yourself?
1: Yes, yeah, so, um, for me, it was that associate journey. That was the perfect bridge for me to make that transition. Um, whilst I was in a corporate role, I had contracted a training provider in to deliver some training for us that were absolutely brilliant so I was lucky that I had a great relationship with them so when I left the corporate world I went straight to them and had lots and lots of work as an associate for, for, for a number of years and um, so that really gave me the perfect opportunity to have still have a little bit of security because that work was regular there was good volume of that there but at the same time, I had the freedom and the choice to be building up my own client base at the same time. So perfect, really.
0: And when you then moved from working as an associate, in other words, being a member of a faculty of another training company, did you step off that completely and then go straight to direct work? Or did you maintain, um, as many trainers do, they have Associate relationships where they do work on behalf of other companies for a while as a trainer for them in their brand, and then bring in direct work, or did you go straight into direct clients? I mean, have you still to this day got uh, associate relationships, or is it only direct work you have?
1: Yeah, so I I actually still do do some associate work, and the 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 beauty of it now is um, I'm in a position where I can almost choose particular projects that really excite me, um, that are delivering the kind of content that I would class as being in my zone of genius. Um, so that's really nice to be able to have that kind of freedom and choice. But yeah, I still choose to do that because I met some brilliant people who I really enjoy working with. Um, and yes, I still get the opportunity to work on some exciting projects. So there's still a little bit of that in my you know, in my in my world now.
0: So, thinking of now, um, you are co-owner of Ladies Life Lounge. That's your brand. What exactly is that, and whom do you serve?
1: Okay, so uh, Ladies Life Lounge is a, an online members club for women who kind of want a bit more out of life. You know, it's there. The purpose it is there to serve is to help women to live a happier, more fulfilled or more successful life, you know, and it's designed you know, historically, obviously, I've always worked in a face-to-face world. Um, the, the, the members club takes it to a, a you know, a more virtual online space, you know, before the whole pandemic thing started, which obviously a lot more of, of the work that we do has followed suit in that line. But yes, it's a, a community, and a hub with lots of development in, so kind of video modules, downloads, masterclasses. But it, it's, it's kind of a one-stop shop. We want to put all the development that women might need under one roof. And it was born out of stuff that we wanted for ourselves. So just as an example, quite often we'd like to be more confident with things we want to get fit and healthy, but then we'd need to go and work with a personal trainer. Sometimes a lot of women want to, you know, focus on how they look, you know, how they dress, what their style is. But again, you'd need to go and work with a personal stylist. Sometimes we want support with kind of wealth and finances and that kind of thing. So what, the, what Life Lounge does is brings everything you would need under that one roof. So really low monthly subscription and you can access it 24 seven from the comfort of your own sofa, which is just ideal.
0: So effectively you you have an online brand and you're selling workshops, masterclasses, retreats. Um, So this, if you will, is the, let's say the portfolio of products that you have. How did you conceive those? How did you design those? How did you, how do you market those? Because for people listening, this is the way the world's going developing online intellectual property, which leads to income streams passively and actively?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I would only go as far as to call it semi-passive. It still takes a lot of work, but it is great having a recurring revenue stream coming into your business now. Um, You know, in terms of how do you create that, we did some research, and research is a massive thing to do. One that, you know, if I'm honest, overlooked initially, you know, some of the rookie kind of schoolgirl errors at, at the beginning of this journey because it was a complete new space to operate in. So research is important about finding out what people actually want and then designing that portfolio around that. So for Rose, yes, it was important that we had a suite, kind of a library of online kind of modules that people can just do whenever they're bite-sized, they're quick, they don't take a lot of time. Um, People still want um, an in-person experience, hence why we do their workshops and masterclasses. But actually, it's the retreat space that has, has hugely kind of taken off. And something that surprised us is that now we run two retreats a year. We take a group of about 20, 24 women, a way to, you know, a really lovely place. Um, Last year we went to Croatia. We're still fingers crossed that we get to go to Marrakesh in October, although, you know, some some of the stories currently in the news are not looking great for October. And then we've got Santorini planned next year. In
0: Greece, wow.
1: Yes, so that, you know, they're unique retreats. Most retreats uh, that most people would, uh, you know, associate with our health retreats, you know, healthy eating, yoga, relaxation. Yes, we do some of that stuff, but we also do lots of workshops around, And um, you know, my, my business partner's a mental health therapist. So we do sessions around anxiety and stress. Naturally, I do stuff around the leadership space and assertiveness. We've got a hormone specialist that works with us. So we do workshops on menopause. Um confidence, personal style, all of those things. So it really is uh, all-encompassing personal development retreat. So yeah,
0: so I guess the the experience you've had as a learning and development consultant, working with clients, working um, with other people's clients has given you the skill set to to create modules, uh, products which people then can use can derive benefit from what about marketing them what about the sales side of things how do you get these products these retreats masterclasses workshops in front of an audience that says yes i can't wait to sign up for this and go to marrakesh or croatia or santorini
1: yeah absolutely so it's all it's all social media all completely social media so um, you know for ladies life lounge it's about finding out where your audience tends to hang out So for that, it is predominantly Facebook and Instagram. And our marketing strategy is all centred around building an audience, um, which we do through kind of Facebook groups, uh, really building a sound email marketing list, engaging that audience, um, and building almost a sales funnel that operates online that takes an audience through a journey of you know, coming across you, maybe via uh, a Facebook or Instagram ad, giving them a little bit of value so that they you know, get, get, get some, some forward progress around a particular problem or issue that they've got. They get to know us. What we found massively is the marketing is about us and less about the stuff that we sell. People um, make a connection with Roxy and I as individuals as opposed to predominantly the the product that we sell. And we bring people into our world and they enjoy spending time with us. And then that leads to them um, spending more money with us and and become quite loyal followers and customers in that sense. So it's a whole new world of doing sales and marketing that I've learned over the last three years. And then for my direct work, naturally that takes a little bit more um, focus from a LinkedIn perspective, obviously, where, where you and I have connected.
0: So would you say that Ladies Life Lounge is more B2C than B2B?
1: Yes, absolutely. Although um, we are exploring and um, doing some corporate offerings this year because I we, we get asked to do a lot of workshops and masterclasses for corporate women's networks. So, you know, a lot of organizations have that as part of their CSR strategy, um, but they find it really difficult to provide the right development and content for their women's network, A, because it's often seen as an extracurricular activity, you know, so the people who are running the network are doing it on top of a day job. Plus, you know, it still struggles a bit from a budgetary perspective. It doesn't get allocated a huge amount of money. In the budget. So, you know, we're absolutely in a space to, A, provide that offering so that those individuals don't need to invest a huge amount of their time to do those things. And we can do it really cost-effectively for them. So there is a bit of a B, B, um, B2B in the pipeline for Ladies Life Lounge.
0: So if we think of that for a second, who would be the ideal customer profile for you if you were developing a corporate product, given what you know about the the business so far and what people have found attractive about Ladies Life Lounge. If you were to appeal to a corporate market, how would you do that?
1: Yeah, so I guess it's it's uh, connecting with those that are responsible for driving the women's network agenda, which are often, you know, HR business partners or women in senior leadership positions are often, you know, the sponsor of, of the network. Um, so yeah, it's it's about connecting with those kinds of individuals and really exploring what their what their problems are, which is quite often around yes, the things that help women progress their career, which absolutely we have got all the content to to enable that to happen, but at the same time, what often comes as part of the female leadership challenge is some of the more personal development around that, because these women are often um, juggling um, a lot more as well as as their day job. So often caring for parents, running a family, um, you know, all kinds of things for different women.
0: So right now it's it's more or less online. It's conceived as as a model which lends itself to on-site retreats and things like that. How did you come up with your pricing structure? I'm not asking you to reveal your prices, but how did you you know, work through what to charge for your workshops and your masterclasses and your retreats? Because they're different things, aren't they?
1: Yeah, completely, completely. I guess it all starts at that basic membership level is, um, you know, we wanted this to be accessible for all women. Um, you know, you do your market research. There are other kind of membership types setups out there. It is a growing industry, memberships massively at the moment. Um, but we wanted it to be really accessible. So for us, it was about looking at things like what do people pay for a gym membership? And do they use it to its full potential? I guess most of us know the answer to no, that. They <laughs> don't. <laughs> the average I'm putting members. my hand
0: up here, jodes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, and that was me too. It was absolutely me too. You know, the average gym membership's around 30 pounds a month and women don't use it to their full potential so actually you know we kind of broke into that market by coming in around that price point but giving them so much more for that so it's obviously so much broader than just um, fitness and made it so that they didn't need to physically show up somewhere so kind of that's how we go around that again with you know workshops retreats it's benchmarking against what else is, is out there. But for us, it is absolutely about making it affordable to, to women who don't have a, a hugely disposable income. They might earn 50, 60, 70,000 pounds a year. You know, some might that might be maybe in the middle space around the 30, 40,000 pounds a year. But even with the, the level that they're earning, they're raising a family. So... They've t- typically got a big mortgage. They're paying for cars. Uh, they're paying, lo- investing lots in their their children's kind of social life, clothing them, feeding them. They're not. They don't have a lot of spare money for themselves. So actually, we you know we aim to make that really you know complete no brainer for them really, so that they can you know remove the barriers about investing in themselves.
0: Okay, so to give some price context here, so you mentioned a gym membership, perhaps 30 pounds a month, that's roughly $40 per month and someone earning, uh, let's say, uh perhaps, you know, uh mid-management salary might be 60 pounds, 60,000 a year pounds, which would be 82 roughly $1,000 uh, a year. I always like to give some context because we've got listeners in different parts of the world. So, if we think of um the concept of membership for a second. This was new to you, I guess. I mean, you hadn't previously a, a business using um, the subscription or monthly membership model. How did you come up with how that works? There are obviously people online that offer services, but for people listening, if we think, if we're thinking of designing something, which earns that, that golden MRR, monthly recurring revenue. So we're not all the time chasing, you know, stop, start contracts, but we have this lovely flow of revenue coming in each month. Where did you get help um, to design this and to plan it in such a way that it works? Because membership is definitely a, a different stream than most of us are used to.
1: Uh-huh. It's ironically, I joined
0: a membership for memberships. Right. <laughs> <laughs> If it wasn't was the it. membership guys, by any chance, was it? It was the membership oh, oh guys. Right, great. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: So yeah. So I joined the membership guys. Membership right back at the beginning, and yes, um, obviously that was then a great model to emulate. And I was having my own experience, which really helped me to shape what the experience I wanted for my people and the offering that I wanted to provide. But you know, the biggest learning for me was around the tech side of things. I would never have classed myself as a techie person ever. You know, I was a flip chart and pens girl, (laughs) naturally, you know, from having a career in the L&D space. Um, So even being part of that membership with the membership guys helped me from a, how do I choose the right tech to build this membership? How do I learn to use it? All of those things, and it was quite quite a daunting thing at the beginning. But when I look back now, I actually can't believe just how much development I've had. Now I can build a website from scratch now. Can you? Uh, wow. Yeah, I can do all kinds of stuff. I can code, and, and it's all really? yeah, self, predominantly self-taught, either from watching some of the membership guys' modules in their in their membership or YouTube. YouTube is your friend. You know i've learned to build so many things um just by watching youtube videos
0: were you ever tempted to outsource any of this or what what got you to feel you know it's worth my time investing energy and, and learning how to code it's
1: funny actually because um it's the, the the way that roxy and i became to be business partners i originally started this by myself and as I say, was very daunted by this whole prospect. Didn't have enough hours in the day to do it all. Didn't have the desire either. And you know what it's like when you're then getting stuck with something that you don't enjoy. It becomes really frustrating, doesn't it? And a massive barrier. So at the time, Roxy, I outsourced my email marketing to her because she was running uh, another business. She's a mental health therapist, but also had a second business, which was about helping uh, business mums so mums who were trying to run their own business so she was doing my email marketing so I did outsource that at the beginning and then we ended up getting along like a house on fire and decided to go into it together Um, and then from then on I, I really just wanted to learn and because there were then two of us we had so much more capacity to spend the time on on doing the learning
0: Okay, interesting. So we've mentioned the membership guys for people listening that's the membershipguys.com. That's mm-hmm. uh, Mike Morrison and Kelly Willows and they've yeah. been teaching people for years how to build membership sites. Um, so I won't spend too much time on the tech but you learned to code and that, that's really impressive. A lot of people hate coding. I'm one of those people. <laughs> Did you learn something like uh, click or what was the platform?
1: So um n- n- click funnels no. That you know that wasn't my thing. I- I've just learned to um, kind of fa- find my own way, building stuff in WordPress with different plugins and, you know, r- kind of write in my own kind of CSS code when needed.
0: Good grief, right?
1: You know, <laughs> on, on a small scale, on a small scale, but literally just by piecing things together, trial and error, those kinds of things. But over the course of two and a half years, it's amazing the progress you can make. I would never want to build something entirely in the back end. For those of you that understand that term, I, I much prefer to use you know, um, you know, great themes and great plugins to WordPress sites so that I can edit on the front end. I'm much more of a visual designer. But when I, when I need to, when I can't get something to quite work and show up how I want it to work on the front end, then yeah, I'll just dive in and watch a watch a quick YouTube video. it will teach me, right, what is the actual code I need to build this in the back end and then go do it.
0: it. Well, that's great. I, I, that kind of makes sense in a way, because if if you are someone who evangelizes learning, uh, it kind of makes sense that you would be someone who also then wants to learn and, and do things. I struggle with that. I mean, I, I know if I get stuck into WordPress or... A lot of people listening, when they begin their businesses as trainers, consultants, coaches, inevitably are tempted to do this stuff themselves. Some people flounder. I'm one of those people. I work with the people, other people to get them to do stuff for my site, trainingbusiness.com. Um, I have been tempted to dive into stuff in the past. It hasn't always ended well. So I'm, I'm actually very impressed that you, you make this work. Um, let's come to your book because this is really... Uh, what's happening right now as we're recording uh, on Wednesday, eighth of September? Um, you've written a book, and this too is another um, arrow in the quiver, or uh, shall we say, tool in the toolkit, which helps you to build your brand and to get people to come to your uh, products and services, your workshops, your retreats, your masterclasses. W- where did you get the um, the concept for Woman Up? Is that the name of your book? Right, Woman Up. What was the thinking behind that and who guided you in the process of not just writing the book, but thinking of it as a tool to build your brand and to build revenue streams?
1: Okay. So concept for the book. Um, so my direct client, so you know, if I'm to market myself as one individual, and as you will see when you look at my profile on LinkedIn, I've niched down over the last 18 months to specifically coach women in assertiveness. So that's kind of my personal zone of genius, if you like. It's where I've done all of my research, developed my own methodology, um, what I'm hugely passionate about. And so that's what the book is kind of centered around. Um, however, you know, most if you to think about my ideal client, assertiveness isn't the word. That they would come up with when they are talking about the problems that they face. You know, assertiveness is the skill solution for what will resolve some of their challenges and issues and help them to achieve their goals. But they don't see it as the problem. Um, and you know, there's lots and lots of books out there around assertiveness, but they are kind of textbooks. So woman up um, is about, and it's not what people think it is. By the way, it's uh, it's not. The female equivalent of how we would, you know, know the phrase "man up." Um, man up. I think asking people to man up has been something that's been very detrimental to lots of people's mental health. So I am most certainly not about to uh, do the same to women in that sense. So "woman up" is about helping women to rise, to elevate, to um, you know, own their own space step into that, figure out what they what they really want for themselves, um, shamelessly declare it to the world, because for a lot of women, we kind of know what we want, but we don't really want to say it out loud for what people might think of us, and then actually go and make it happen. So that's kind of what the, what the book's job is to do, and assertiveness is the skill that underpins that. So that's a link to my work. Why have I chosen to write a book? Well, I guess over the last few years, um, my network has grown into the space of connecting with lots and lots of other online entrepreneurs. You know, that's my new circle now, and um, I've seen many other entrepreneurs do that. Do that thing. You know, write write a book and see it make a huge difference in terms of their visibility, their audience their authority you know as an online entrepreneur that's probably one of the the biggest things you're looking to establish early on in your journey is to develop that authority the credibility that people look to you as the one for whatever it is that that you do and a book massively helps you do that plus it was a, a dream that I always had as a little girl and uh, um, but I never believed it was for people like me. So there you go. There's one big limiting belief that's yep. sat in the <laughs> way for, for many, many years. Yeah. But Jodie, people like you don't write books. You know, it was, it was that inner dialogue that would happen. And so that was the uh, one that we decided to challenge and flip and, and get on with it. <laughs> I
0: guess. So you've launched it. And if I've understood you correctly before we connected today and, and talked, um, It's reached, is it number one on Amazon in 11 categories? Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely blew me away. So it launched on Thursday last week, which was the second. And naturally, you have a dream that wouldn't it be lovely if it did get to a number one bestseller, but you never expect it to get to number one bestseller in 11 categories on launch day. So it was beyond my wildest dreams, really, how well how well it did on the day. Although my best result was um, the self-help category on Amazon is one of the toughest categories in books on on Amazon. And um, I ended the day in the top 10 of the self-help category. But the best bit was I sat in position number nine, right behind my all-time idol, Brené Brown. So that that, that was, for me, the
0: favorite bit of the whole launch. That's amazing. Good (laughs) grief. So straightforward question. You had help with this, right? I mean, you didn't just, you know, write the book and put it up there as an EPUB file. There's a lot of work behind conceiving it, drafting it, developing it, copywriting it, or copy editing it, developmental editing it, et cetera, and marketing it, of course, because the launch in itself is a huge part of making a book successful. Just give us a quick idea of, of whom you worked with and, and and the steps you went through to to get this from idea to draft, draft to final version, final version to um, a product that people can buy online.
1: Absolutely. So, yes, it's a very, one of the very daunting thing to do is to say, right, I'm going to write a book. Where do I start? You know, it's that blank sheet of paper moment, isn't it? That's a bit, oh. Now, again, you can you know, Google is your friend. There is lots to find on the internet about how to start writing a manuscript. But I chose to work with a self-publishing agency. So obviously, um, Amazon now, it's a brilliant platform, although I hugely want to be supporting um, individual bookstores, you know, so that's next on the agenda. Amazon is a brilliant platform for self-publishers. So no longer do you need to work for years to get the likes of Hay House or Penguin to sign you, which is which is amazing. You can self-publish. And now there are lots of smaller agencies popping up to help you do that. So in my online entrepreneur circle, um, I've connected with a fabulous lady called Abigail Horn, who runs her own self-publishing business called Authors & Co., and she runs a program, kind of, you know, twice a year, called The One, and uh, it's a group program where you, you know, you work through the process of creating your manuscript. So weekly lessons, and um, you know, it takes about six months to to do if you, you know, uh, really work in a focused way with some consistency of applying yourself. But, you know, it starts with creating a bit of a blueprint for your book. So doing some research. The research is always massively important. Designing a blueprint for your book, mapping out your chapters, and then getting into the, the writing mode. Um, then lots of support around um, feedback on some of your initial chapters. Um, naturally, then, having somebody to proofread it for you. Edit it for you, design your book cover, which is such a big part um, of, of, of creating your own book, and then yes, getting it actually published. So having a team within the the publishing company to help you through all of that was was just amazing.
0: So is it in physical form or is it purely um, uh, an electronic p- publication, uh, an ebook?
1: physical form i have literally it up, i have it in my hand that's the beauty of, of kind of publishing in this way and you don't have to uh, you know have a a big pile of stock it's all print on demand via amazon so you yes have a kindle version which is nice and easy um it's a pdf document that's then people can download Again, it does need formatting as a book. It's not just a straightforward PDF. But once that's all completed, that's easy. But through Kindle Direct Publishing, you, yes, can have a paperback. I've also got a hardback version of the book, um, which obviously is a little bit more pricey. It's very special. So, you know, I've decided to have a hardback book so that I can gift those to people. But people can still buy them on Amazon yes, when people order a copy of the paperback, Amazon print it and ship it. And it happens within two days. They get it within two days.
0: So give us an idea of the launch, because th- that's the thing that gets people to sit up and and review it, which of course is key to creating that energy, that juice where people, in a viral sense, you know, read this, recommend this, leave reviews and so on. Th- there must be a process behind this to, to get a book into... Uh, 11 categories at the top of the list that that's something that isn't accidental so what is the launch process like jodes
1: so a lot longer than you might anticipate it being <laughs> i was afraid so, you'd say that yeah so yeah. You, you literally uh, the, the whole launch plan the marketing plan started while i was still writing um it's probably three to four months before launch day so kind of may was when that, that all started. And designing a full campaign. So the uh, publishing company provided us with a, you know, a suggested timeline and the kind of events and activity that really helps to get a number one bestseller. And so that was really, really useful. Although if you are an online entrepreneur anyway, a lot of the, the marketing, marketing activity is consistent with the type of marketing activity you would do for your business anyway. It's about building some of that content um, in context with what's coming in your book, really engaging the audience, building excitement, talking about it coming, having a wait list. You know, I started in May with a, here's the book. Here's, you know, I might, I might post on my Instagram stories of me sat in my dressing gown, you know, face, um, palm facing myself thinking I'm having writer's block today. It's not coming if you want to get on the waitlist for this book, because by the time I finished it, it's going to be a masterpiece, then head on over and put your details on this link. It's all those little, it's the That's small clever. things mm. that make the big difference in this. So building a waitlist was massively important. And then using my audience as a bit of a launch team. So I created a group, a Facebook group, and said to my audience, you know, if you want to support me, with this book launch, here's how you can come and join my group. I'll provide you with content so that you can share with me on the day. Um, But I made it very, very clear that I didn't just want anybody to buy this book. It was important for me that if I did get a bestseller, it was a bestseller for the right reasons, That it was because it was getting into the hands of the people who wanted it and needed it most. Um, so I I feel confident that we've done that, but yeah, having the launch team to support me on launch day, they, they, you know, they all bought the book, which is great. And they've been part of that journey with me, but, um, having them share that and their network then thinking, Oh, what's this? And it's been recommended to me by a friend. Then that's what boosted a lot of the sales and it's brought so many new people into my audience and into my circle over the last two weeks. You know, my followership has grown hugely. It's lovely to see some initial comments. I had people that did the whole book on launch day, finished it, and then, you know, was, was sending me messages and posting about it to say, oh, this was my favourite bit. This was a huge light bulb moment. So you knew it got in the hands of the right people.
0: So I guess with those kind of comments, you've got those people in an email list now—people who've liked the book—and um, then the plan, of course, is to, to is to monetize that quite literally. The book is not the end goal; the book is a conduit, I guess, to building the brand and and to keep on building products and services and get people to to buy more from you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The book is the front end of my sales funnel now. You know, it's how you get to know me, and um, so yes, that's that's kind of how that will work moving forward interestingly a strategy I chose to do with the book is at various points throughout it if I've spoken and taught a particular concept in a chapter um, I have made additional resources available for people so the book's got this link in it um, in lots of different places whereas if they want to download something about that topic they click the link and it takes them to a page where they've got all of these free resources. That then also captures them onto my email list. So I know they are definitely somebody who is taking action and much more likely to um, want to engage with a, you know, a, the next level paid product. So it takes them through to um, I have a uh, um, and the art of assertiveness is my baseline course, a mini course that is you know really low cost. Then there'll be the woman up way, which is my you know, trademark pro- pro- product now that I, ru- I will run live. But then it will also be a self led program at a lower price point. And then anybody who wants to come on and work with me one to one. So it's really easy now to see the flow that goes from book, mini course. Then either self led through the woman up way or in really investing yourself and come through a live program with me, and then on to, um, you know, one to one clients at that point.
0: So it's that classic done by you, done with you, done for you kind of model. And and at the very top, the pinnacle, you have those uh, retreats in those gorgeous locations, which you've mentioned. That's wonderful. Being, you know, getting people to pay you almost to come and work with you in lovely Uh, places—that's a dream, isn't it? I mean, I know um, uh, a guy connected with uh, a couple of times in Australia. Can't think of his name right now. He runs masterclasses in in uh, the Seychelles. It's it's a tough life, isn't it? (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot different from running a. Uh, on a Monday morning in in a cold, rainy London, uh, some leadership program, you know, with the rain hammering off the window, <laughs> so it's nice. It's really nice. So it's been a pleasure talking to someone who's just literally this week launched a book and has seen it uh, to rise to number one in eleven categories on Amazon. That's that's hugely impressive. What what's next for you as as we wrap up the interview today? What's next for you and around the corner for you and Roxy with the woman at brand? and ladies who ladies life lounge brand
1: yeah so um we've got we mustn't forget we've got a book launch party in a couple of weeks so yeah we're having a a a nice celebration at a lovely place in manchester because i think you know i'm terrible for not stopping and being in the moment and absorbing the glory i'm tend to tick you know run off to the next big thing so it's important not to run off to the next big thing too quickly (laughs) But our plans are, you know, to continue to grow ladies' life managers and membership, so that recurring revenue continues to grow. Um, and yes, for the for, for the brand of Woman Up for me with the book, it's about really becoming the authority in that space, growing that audience, and being able to work with individual women to to make a difference at the end of the day that's why I do what I do and why a lot of us work in the field of learning and development and training is because we get our satisfaction from seeing somebody else achieve and feel good about themselves and get the results that they're looking for you know at a human being level that is what I'm deeply motivated and driven by and so yeah, it's just about investing in that, so that that's where I get to spend my time with people like that.
0: Final message: What would you say to people who are captivated by the story of of starting a a brand, which um, around which you've got those products like masterclasses, retreats, workshops, and then a book? What would you say to people thinking of this journey?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a killer question, isn't it? Um, I guess just start. What I notice a lot is that. You know, people want all the tricks, all the tech, all the brands, all the logos, the websites. Don't busy yourself with all of that up front. Don't, you know, people think they need to build courses and build modules all up front before you launch a membership. And I know the membership guys would endorse this too, is just start. You know, the, the biggest job is to create an audience. So it's be visible Get yourself out there and just start
0: okay i think we'll end on that note fantastic advice jodes thank you so much for being my guest today on the show
1: you're welcome it's been a pleasure and thank you for having me
0: my big thanks to jodes for being my guest today on the show and thank you jodes for the huge amount of time you gave in sharing your thoughts and lessons with the audience that's you and me out there, people who listen to the show. And I'd love to hear from you as to what you think, as a listener to the show, we can do to provide more episodes like Jode's one. Jode's mentioned a couple of resources. She mentioned the membership guys. I thought I'd uh, re, re, uh, re uh, mention that or repeat that. That's the membershipguys.com. That's um, Callie uh, Willows and Mike Morrison at the membershipguys.com. And she also mentioned Abigail Horn, who helped her with her book, uh, Design, Product, and Launch. And that's authorsandco.pub. So if you've got ideas for these kinds of episodes, I'd love to hear from you. You can drop me a line simply by emailing me on mark@trainingbusiness.com. If you've got other learning and development practitioners you think you think will get value from listening to the show, then please let them know. About the show, And please subscribe because it costs you absolutely nothing takes a couple of seconds to do and means the world to me and the team behind the training business podcast each week it validates what we do and helps us to know what to provide more of. And you can simply click on subscribe right now. And this will take a couple of seconds, it will give you the chance to know of upcoming episodes. And of course, you can find out more about the content that we have the guests that we have, and the articles that we published over on trainingbusiness.com. That's trainingbusiness.com. There is a fresh episode, of course, of the show every single Thursday. Another one again next Thursday. Until then, please keep listening. Please keep writing to me and please keep on training and selling. Take care. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.